Welcome to episode number 80 of the Jackson Hole Connection, brought to you by the Liquor Store of Jackson Hole, serving the Jackson Hole community since 1983. Please visit the jacksonholeconnection.com slash TLS to learn more. Hello from Jackson Hole. I'm Stephan Abrams, your host and guide today. Each week I sit with someone connected to Jackson Hole to share their fascinating story about daily life. I feel we can all learn so much from each other, and I intend to search out people and their stories, which will teach us all a little about life outside of our everyday circle. My guest today is a local entrepreneur, friend, father, husband, and guy who's willing to speak on the topic of inner thoughts and feelings, certainly a topic which most men avoid with every fiber of their body. Several weeks ago, I was visiting with Shane at his shop. Shane Hollingsworth, that is. Unsolicited, Shane shared some very brave and personal changes he's made over the past year. I was really proud of Shane for sharing with me, as well as very honored that Shane felt he could bring me into his deep, close circle. In the past, Shane was running and gunning like most of us, who are working hard to build a career and raise a family. Shane is just like most of us in the world, and sometimes it takes the bravery of one person to help us all. Today, Shane will share with us his bravery. Shane, thanks for coming by and joining me here today for the Jackson Hole Connection. Happy to be here. Glad you asked me to come by and uh, grace you with my presence. (laughs) (laughs) It is always good to be able to talk to you for a little bit. Let's start off with uh, your connection to Jackson Hole. How long have you lived here and... How'd you land here? Well, my dad started a screen printing business here in 1966. Um, We moved here full-time in 1977 when I was three years old. So, you know, he had a screen printing business, and then off to the side, he had a head shop, which, you know, in the 70s in Jackson went over like a hole in a submarine, (laughs) screen door in a submarine. (laughs) So, but that's how we got here. And, uh, I've been here ever since, since I was three years old. So I am, I am not a local, you know, even though my dad was here until 1966, I moved here when I was three. So that doesn't constitute being a local in Jackson. (laughs) Why do you, why does it not? I'm just kidding. It's, it's, It's my ongoing joke with my friends is that, you know, I've been here since I was three years old and I'm not a local. You're yet. still not a local. Yeah, because I wasn't born here. <laughs> I hope you get that status someday. I, I will. I'm, yeah. I'm working on it. We have a big old medal, like, you know, Flava Flav medal or something to wear around. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know what, the, you know, all my friends were born here and a lot of them, you know, and we still hang out. And it's kind of a neat community, you know. It's been a great community to grow up in and raise my kids in as well. Yeah. You raised how many kids here, you and your wife? Two that I know of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you raised them. You have two that you know. Yeah, of. two. Yeah, two that I know of, but I did raise two. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. I hope that you know the two that you raised. Yes. Very well. Very well. <laughs> what was it like for you growing up here in Jackson Hole in the seventies and eighties? It was. It was a. It was a neat place, you know, and. and I always look back to you know all the things we were able to do when we were little kids. You know, I mean. We didn't have phones. We didn't have, you know, all this computer and electronics and everything else. So we were always outside. We were always riding our bikes into town, getting in trouble from the police because you're not supposed to ride your bikes on the sidewalk. You know, I mean, it just was it was a it was a different place. You know, we just basically had free reign. Our parents would let us, you know, kind of 
run around. You didn't have to worry about a lot of the things I think, you know, that you do now, whether that's, you know, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, kidnappings and everything happened back then, but it's just so news aware now that back then you just kind of got to roam free because your parents were like, nothing's going to happen to these kids. I mean, and if it does, we'll find out because the town was so small that the minute you did something wrong, your parents knew about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I bet uh, word spread fast when uh, you did something wrong. It was like wildfire. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So growing up here and then did you leave here at any point in time? I have been here my whole life. I left for a semester to go to college. I thought I wanted to play football and decided I didn't. Mm-hmm. So I lasted an entire semester at college and came back and started working for my dad again and ended up uh, with my first child. Yeah? Yeah. I was 20 years old when she was born. Nice. And I've been here ever since, you know, since I was three. And what is the draw for you and your wife to have stayed here and raised your kids here? You know, I mean, both of my kids have graduated, so you get to the point where you kind of look at things and and where you want to live or where you want to go. You know, you always have that. I want to go somewhere else. I want to go someplace warm. But my biggest thing is that if you leave Jackson, if you sell out, you sell your house. And it's very tempting at this point, the way that the market is and everything else. But if you leave, you can never come back. You're, you're out, you know, I mean, it's just too hard to get back in if you leave. And this place has so many things that I love as far as outdoors and hunting and fishing and skiing and and everything else to to enjoy that I just can't think of anywhere else to live right now you know Mm -hmm. I mean I haven't found that place that just screams to me that you know I want to live there so it's you know as much as people want to complain about how much Jackson has changed and how many things have changed I just can't find any place else like it yeah nice places to visit but this is a even better place to call home yeah and I you know I mean I've gone through the phases of, you know, where I, I just don't like winters anymore. I just, mm-hmm. they've, they've really worn on me because I haven't spent much time. But, you know, getting out of here, going someplace else, and then coming back, you always realize when you when you fly over the Tetons or drive over the pass or drive over Togedy, when you see the valley, it just feels like home. Mm-hmm. Share with people when you're raising your kids, they were involved in athletics correct? Yes. Uh, What was the travel like as a parent so your kids could be exposed to athletics and participate in athletics? Well, I mean, you you can either be committed to going and watching your kids, which is a short period of time. And I would tell anyone out there that has kids if they're involved in athletics, don't miss it because it goes by way too fast. It's really quick. I mean, but you know, I mean, I would work and work and work for Thursday, you know, through Thursday and just be ready to go. I mean, you have this drive to like work all these hours and then take off Friday and Saturday and travel with your kids and go to, you know, my daughter swam and my son played baseball and basketball. And, you know, I mean, there's nothing that's short. The shortest trip is Driggs when you play Driggs, but mm-hmm. you've got Star Valley too, which is still not by any other state standards very close. Right. <laughs> but I mean, you get in a car and we made a lot of friends with other parents and who are good friends now we we still go to dinner and stuff and it's our we call it our basketball parent group you know and we still get together and we go skiing or we go to dinner and we do this you know try and do this once a month or every other month but you just the friends that you make and the travel that you do and I mean I was very loud 
in the stands, let's say, as a parent, and I always talk to other people from other places, you know? I mean, and I have a lot of people that I run into to this day from all over the state of Wyoming that I've made friends with. And it's just, it's really cool, you know? Like, I'll be somewhere, and for instance, we were fishing in Flaming Gorge last year, and we went in and stopped to get food on the way home with some friends, and I ran into a baseball coach from Green River. Mm -hmm. And... We got to talk and, you know, it's just funny because you just bounce into people that you know through all these years of traveling with your kids and then you see kids that your kids play basketball against and they always, you know, I always made time to talk to these people and just, you know, remain like somewhat friends, you know, it's kind of, it's a neat community in Wyoming because as long as you reach out to people, you make a lot of great friends and connections. Mm-hmm. So I, I like what you said about um the people that you can connect with and making friends and and i feel that that's something that's special about the state and this town because everybody else has had to travel too they're having to do the same travel for their kids and there's a connection there for sure and you can uh share those experiences with people yeah and it is you know and i i i've i've told other parents you know i i kind of got a redo with baseball with my son because he left for college and played a year in college and was able to come back because American Legion is an age out thing. Mm -hmm. And I spent a lot of my time as one of those parents that is really involved with, you know, getting on boards, being part of youth programs, coaching. And I was very loud and voiceful and, you know, just very involved but at the same time I told a lot of the parents when my son came back I'm like I get a do-over I guess for this year because now my son's playing college baseball and I get a chance to just sit back and enjoy it and had I had that you know mindset to just sit back and enjoy it and not complain so much I Mm -hmm. guess you would say you know And, and you find it a lot because people complain and then you feed off of it you know that negativity I guess I mean I I wouldn't exactly call it negativity but frustration as a parent with your kids playing sports you get that opportunity to like I got an opportunity to kind of come at it at a different point for one one extra year and just enjoy it and I wished I had just enjoyed it and sat back and taken it all in Mm -hmm. what's the difference in the feeling that you had from when you say that you were able to enjoy watching your son play baseball and take it all in versus reflecting back of when you were probably more involved and vocal about things happening in the moment? There was less anxiety for me. You know, you have this, the feelings are, you know, that they're going to be there. You know, people are competitive and everything else. But I just think that when you sit back and enjoy it, you get to see so many different things from so many different angles as opposed to being angry because say your kid's not playing or you feel like this way or that way you know I mean everyone you know you work hard and you get your opportunities and that's the biggest thing you know you're you're not a coach you might be a backseat driving coach sometimes Mm -hmm. which I you know I'm guilty of as bad as anyone else but sitting back and enjoying your kids athletic activities is way better than being over involved and finding everything to complain about you know I mean it's just better you know you don't have that anxiety you don't have that angst and everything else you know it's just it makes it more fun it makes it more fun for your kids too to be honest with you I was gonna ask that how do you think your kids feel or felt 
when you as a parent get so wound up about it? You know, I've thought about that a lot. And I thought about it after I would, you know, what I would call misbehave in the stands or whatever else, yelling and screaming at referees, which now I referee because I was so terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think that, you know, you're, it reflects on your kids. Um, luckily, my kids have pretty thick skin and... Mm-hmm. You know, they understood that that was me. And that was the funny thing about it is that, you know, everyone's like, well, that's just Shane. But, you know, that's not the person that I wanted to be. You know, I I didn't have control of my emotions then. And I always was like, I wish I had control of them. And I would end up apologizing to my kids and saying, you know, I wish that, you know, I had done this differently or this differently. You know, but you don't get a do over. You know, you, you learn from your mistakes and you move on and you try and, in my opinion, you try and pass those those experiences onto other parents so that maybe they can enjoy it a little bit more. And you hope that, you know, they take your advice and, and really take heed to enjoying your kid's time while they're at your, you know, while they're living in your home and, Mm -hmm. and playing sports, you know? Yeah. It's special that you are able to share this experience with people. I'll be right back with Shane after this quick message from the show's sponsor. TLS, the liquor store. There's far more than what the name says. TLS is Jackson Hole's premier stop for beer, wine, and liquor. We are locally owned and operated and have been helping customers plan weddings, birthdays, holidays, and dinners since 1983. Normally, you can come in and visit us as much as you want. But now, with the COVID-19 virus, you can come in on a limited basis. We have limited hours, but you can always visit us at our website, tlsofjh.com. Order for online delivery or in-store pickup. Visit the jacksonholeconnection.com slash TLS to learn more. You and I were talking a few weeks ago and you shared a, I would say maybe a life-changing moment for for yourself. Something that you did that you started doing differently. I, um, I've suffered from anxiety, which for me, you know, anxiety led to depression and I had you know, several head injuries. And I had one of my customers, Hayden Hilke, she was like, you know, come talk to me, you know, and we'll, we'll check you for, you know, post-concussion syndrome and stuff like that. Because I was having anger outbursts and, you know, the people who suffer from those anger outbursts and my anxiety were my family, was Mm -hmm. my kids and my wife, because every day at work, you have to be a certain way, you know, for your customers and everything else. And you put on this happy face So I went through a pretty rough patch last May and was kind of at the bottom of the barrel. My wife recognized it, thank goodness, and, you know, realized that I was not good. And I went and was talking with a friend of mine before the fishing derby. And, you know, he suggested, he's like, you know, with your anxiety, maybe you take Lexapro. It's like, it might help and it might not. So I went to my, you know, to Hayden and I asked her and she referred me to a doctor and put me on Lexapro and it was life-changing for me with my anxiety because the next day, you know, I mean, they say it could take four to six weeks for me. It was the next day Hmm. and I could feel, you know, I had all this like animosity and everything else. And I felt like emails, you know, like when you get emails at work, when your computer dings, you're like, uh, you know, and Mm -hmm. I, I would just have all this anxiety, even just at emails. So the next day I was able to like, it was almost like everything was jumbling in front of me and I was able to grab a hold of things and just put them together and become organized in a way that I'd never had. 
So, you know, I was working 11 hours a day and now I can get done in an 11 hour day. What I was getting done, you know, I can get it done in eight hours. And I've been very vocal about, you know, mental health and anxiety and stuff like that, sharing my experience, hoping that, you know, maybe it will help someone else. And it's amazing the amount of people who suffer from it in this town that are also, you know, medicated or whatever else, but they just never, you know, chose to, they don't choose to speak about it, which is, you know, everyone else's, you know, prerogative of what you want to do, you know, and, but sure. mental health is a huge thing. And I think it's really big in this town because, you know, you, you have so many seasons and the winters are long and you get down in the dumps, you know, I mean, I was to the point where I was like, I don't like winter. I want to move. I don't, you know, driving to work. I, you'd look at the mountains and be like, oh, they're just covered with snow. Now t- today and for the last year, I've looked at the mountains and I've been happy to go to work and I've been happy to see the snow. You know, I mean, you just, you have to grab a hold of things and, and Jackson can, and I'm sure, you know, it's anywhere, but Jackson can beat you down, you know, financially or work-wise or whatever else, but it only can beat you down if you let it beat Mm -hmm. you down, you know, and don't enjoy it. Don't find things that you enjoy to do. Well, when you say that it, if you let it beat you down, I think it's if you allow yourself to be unaware. Yes. I think being grounded and aware of yourself. So it was nice that this um, person came in and noticed something and was able to extend a, a hand and say, come in and let me try to help you. And that you were willing to accept some help because not everybody's willing to accept help either. Yeah, and that's a that was a big thing for me. I was ready. I was done being negative and angry and everything else. So, you know, I mean, you get to a point, you know, I I wished I had done it 10 years earlier, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, but hindsight's twenty twenty, as we all know, and you just got to, you know, make the best of your life now, as opposed to, you know, I mean, I, I had kids when I was 20, so I had a lot of stresses. And then I started my own business 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you wow, have the two years later and you've got little kids starting your own business. Well, I had kids before. So, yeah. You know, so, so little kids and then you get start a business. That's and so tough. You, have, you have the financial stresses of, you know, and making sure that your employees are paid and that you're paid. And, you know, I have a business partner. And so you feel responsible for everyone else's families as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I mean, as you know, as a business owner, like you have to make sure that your employees are taken care of. Yeah. So... They become your family. Oh, absolutely. It is your family. It's a, you know, another part of family for sure. So did this person who visited with you, did they see some results of head injuries? Could they tell? Um, yeah, she said, you know, that I had some post-concussion syndrome, uh-huh. like some, some stuff that was like off, you know, with my balance and some other things and with the anxiety and everything. But um, I also went to a neurologist in Park City and he diagnosed me with migraines which my mom has suffered from chronic migraines her whole life so that was another uh, you know side of it that I couldn't figure out where these headaches were coming from and I always just thought they were just headaches or stress headaches or anxiety but so that's helped a ton you know knowing that I have migraines as well you know I mean men he says that men don't get migraines nearly as bad as women do most of the time Mm -hmm. but now that I'm aware of it you know they, they can be crippling if you don't take care of it you know with supplements and 
Advil or whatever you need to take to, you know, subside it. Sure. Yeah, as a kid, my parents went through a pretty nasty divorce, and it was always very stressful as far as what I would feel. And there was a period where I'd probably have two to three migraines a week as a kid. I mean, I was out of school a lot as a kid from migraines. It was it was not fun. I sympathize with anybody that has migraines. It isn't, but, you know, being aware of it mm-hmm. for me now and knowing what the situation is makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. Knowing that I can kind of take a hold of it, you know, and know where it's coming from, that it's not just anxiety or, you know, anger or whatever else. And Sure. Like you said, the awareness part, the the awareness of everything is, you know, the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very very important. This is really kind of you and brave of you to be so open about your experience to share with with everyone. How has your relationship changed with your wife and your kids now that you are not going through these? stages of anger and anxiety it's it's that's funny you should ask that because we got a buoy at leaks marina this year and jackson lake is my happy place that's the best place on earth as far as i'm concerned Mm -hmm. so we went partners with someone on a boat and you know a couple things went wrong and in the past i would have freaked out like there's no question Mm -hmm. and my wife kept giving me these looks you know like wives give you when they expect you to lose it and I didn't freak out. And she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm good. She just kind of was like, oh, okay. You know, we went through all this stuff this summer. And uh, as we were coming home from the lake one day this summer, my wife said, thank you so much for, you know, figuring this all out and taking your medication. It's a pleasure to be around you, you know, like, like you want to be, you know, like I've always wanted to be, but I just couldn't get there, you know, without the help. And my daughter said to me less than a month ago, she's like, I, it's so much easier to talk to you now Mm -hmm. because I don't feel like you're going to lose it, you know? So she's been way more open with me and our relationship between my daughter and I has grown tenfold. I started drawing again, which she's a very good artist. It's very talented. And I started drawing again and, you know, it's just things that I'm able to do things that I just wouldn't make time for. Mm Mm-hmm. And my son, you know, I mean, he's not much of a talker. He kind of is quiet and doesn't like speaking on the phone. You know, the text message is the only way to reach him. He's one of those kids where you text him 10 times and then call him to finish a conversation because it's quicker and he doesn't answer the phone. And you're like, you just texted me 10 times. (laughs) But he's also said to me, you know, that it's nice to be around me with the way it is. And I said, I wish I'd done this 10 years ago. I would have saved you guys a couple smacks upside the head. Mm -hmm. So... Some red butts. Yes, exactly. But, you know, it's it's been satisfying for me. You know, I mean, and I, I quit drinking in May as well, which has been huge for me because it just didn't make me feel good. You know, I mean, I would drink a beer or an IPA or something and it would just give me a headache, you know, mm-hmm. which, you know, I mean, my wife works for the Meads and they have Wyoming whiskey and I look at that all the time and I'm like, oh, you know, it tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> But I know what my my head feels like, you know. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was a big change as well. And I I enjoy my life not having hangovers, you know, on the weekends and just able to do a couple more things, you know. Sure. Yeah, you can do, do a lot more things. Why did you start getting into 
drawing? What what brought you back to that, and what does it do for you? I I drew a lot, and I, was, I loved art classes in high school and mm-hmm. you know middle school and stuff. We had I had a very good art teacher, Mr. Floyder, when I was in high school, and Mr. Hoda, and I really enjoyed it. But then when I you know when you're 20 years old and you have kids and then you start your own business, you just don't make time for yourself you know i mean to be honest with you you when you have kids you feel like you need to take care of them i was just sitting around one day i'm like i wonder if i can still draw and i just started drawing and it just made me feel good you know and it's relieving you know i mean we'll be sitting watching tv or whatever and i'll pick up the and i was just you know i'm like i watch too much tv i need to do something else so have so, you cut back your TV consumption? Yeah, I try to. You know how it is. Or ha- and have you changed what you're watching? Yeah, I, I definitely have changed what I'm watching. Mm-hmm. I changed what I'm watching. I filter social media differently mm-hmm. than before. Um, social media was huge for me as far as anxiety. I just let it consume me at times. You know, mm-hmm. it was very you know. And I heard you talking to I think Jim Oje about it. You know, social media can be very negative on your life if you don't filter the things that cause you that yeah you know i mean i still watch probably too much tv i'm not gonna lie I probably <laughs> pick up more books and everything but you know you get sucked into i have some books you can borrow if you want there you guys <laughs> that was the other thing we were talking absolutely <laughs> and then drawing's just always been something that's you know in the back of my head mm-hmm. but just didn't make the time for it and you, know, you just got to make time for things do you use any tools like such as meditation or mindfulness exercises or uh, journaling? Do you do anything like that? I had journaled a little bit right up until, I mean, my last journal entry was the day that I went way south because I fired an employee inappropriately and Mm -hmm. felt terrible. And he was a great kid. And I just, I wasn't in a good place, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, that was the last day I journaled. Um, I should do it more and I should start doing it again. And I, you know, I've always thought about it, but it's one of those things, you know, it's just taking the time, you know, for your, for yourself and for your mental health. Um, I do yoga twice a week. I started doing that a couple awesome. months ago. Yoga has been great. I know everyone, you know, I love yoga. Yeah. It's, it's just been, it's been good for me to, you know, stretch out the body and, and just the meditation throughout it and focusing and just finding the time to do things, you know, I have a lot of ailments, you know, I'm getting old, my knees and everything else. So working out. Yeah, you got some gray hair up there. Jumping around. (laughs) I would say something about your hair, but. I have no hair. (laughs) Yeah, I have no hair. (laughs) That's a low blow. Yeah, you Um, have hair. Right now I do. If anyone's seen my father walking around, will realize that maybe someday I won't have hair. (laughs) Yeah, but he's still got a good set of hair. Good head of hair. He does. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's just, you know, finding time to do the things that you want to do that make you happy is, is the biggest thing, you know. And as a business owner, it's tough because you just you're dealing with people all day long and you're doing all this stuff and you just want to relax. So, you know, the easiest thing to do is turn on the television. Yeah. But I do play men's rec league basketball and I referee basketball at uh, men's rec league and for the middle school boys and girls Mm -hmm. and then I'll do football games for the middle school and I actually you know I spent eight years coaching eight plus I mean I I think it's probably 10 we count youth football and middle school football and that you know that was fun I really enjoyed coaching but 
I actually enjoy refing a little bit more because there's not so much time put into it. Mm-hmm. And being as I was so bad and so terrible to referees, there's really nothing anyone could ever say to me that would offend me <laughs> because I've said anything 10 times worse, you know? Do you have those parents that acted, that act now like the way you did? You know, I've been very fortunate. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know if it's because I when they say stuff to me, I just, you know, kind of deflect it and, and make a joke out of it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't escalate. You know, I haven't had, you know, a lot of people do that. So, no, I mean, at the middle school level, you're pretty lucky because it's still not super competitive. Okay. Um, men's Rec League, those guys can throw some words at you. Yeah. You yeah. should get some stickers that have a big smiley face that says, do this. It's better than what you're doing now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just stick it on my refing shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, men's rec league. Hand them out to them. Men's rec league is fun. I enjoy it. You know, I mean, because I'm able to take things that people say on the floor, Mm -hmm. knowing what I used to say while you're playing, and just deflect them and then still talk to people after the game and not have any animosity or, you know, it's it's been fun. You know, I mean, it's a good avenue for me to get out there and... And not a lot of people want to referee anymore. You've kind of lost that culture of people who volunteer and referee and do things like that. It's it's tough, and it's tough to find people who will give up their time to do it because really, I mean, you get paid for it, but you really don't get paid that much, and I enjoy it. So, mm-hmm. Well, even when your kids were active in, in activities, you mentioned how you were always sitting on boards and doing other things um, for your kids. So why did you do that? And I mean, there's something inside of you that even when you were angry, you were still participating and giving back to the community. I felt like the community gave me so much as Mm -hmm. I was growing up that you need to give back. Yeah. The biggest downfall I would say to being on boards and everything else is, you, you, you know, your kids are involved and so you're, you know, you're dealing directly with coaches and everything else. So you have two, you're playing two different sides of the situation. You know, you're on the board, so you want what's best for the program. And you also want what's best for your kids naturally. So, you know, that's, and it's tough because in this town, you don't have a lot of, you, you have a lot of parents who will be involved in boards, but you end up with the same, it seems like you end up with a lot of the same people who volunteer their time and there's not a huge changeover. So people get burned out. You know, I mean, it's almost like, you know, like in government, there should be term limits nah. for, for board members, <laughs> you know, so you, to give it, you know, you give up your time and you give up your time. And, and at some point, I think you just get burned out, mm-hmm. you know, like anything you sure. enjoy it and you enjoy it. And then things go wrong and you have to play the bad guy or whatever else and do what you think is best. Mm hmm. Sometimes it may be what's best and sometimes it may not, but giving back has just been, and doing it through boards and through refereeing and everything else is my way. You know, some people choose to do it through, you know, howdy partners like my dad did. My dad's been very involved in, you know, stuff. And I think I learned from him that giving up your time to other organizations is the way you should do things, you know, not just sit back and let everyone else take it, take control and then complain about it. You know, sure. if you want to make changes, then be a part of the solution. You know, don't be a part of the problem. Yeah. It's my biggest thing. I, I see being a part of the community and giving back and volunteering as, as a social aspect of, of our lives as well. 
Um, because you get out and meet a lot of people. And you mentioned with your dad being involved, that's where I first met your father, probably over 15 years ago. And um, he was great to work with and inspiring to see him go, go, go and offer so much back to the community. I've, I've met a lot. A lot of the people that I know here in this town are because I have gotten out and volunteered for the community. And I think whether somebody's here in Jackson or if they're in wherever, California, Georgia, Ohio, Florida, whatever, to get out and give an organization some of your time is very rewarding. But you get to meet so many fantastic people. You do. There's a lot of people that I probably would not have met had I not volunteered, mm-hmm. you know, done certain things. But it's also been good for me. You build these relationships and friends and everything else. And it it's probably one of the best forms of advertising for my business, mm-hmm. as long as I'm behaving myself. You right. Know? <laughs> but, you know, it's a good it's a good way to make connections and to be able to ask people questions, you know, or or people can ask you questions about work. You know, I mean, you're always working when you own mm-hmm. your own business, no matter if you think you are or you aren't, because you're portraying yourself to the community. Mm-hmm. And if you can get out in the community and, and have your face out there, I just think it's it's good. to And then other maybe other business owners will be out, you know, doing these things. And which Jackson's very fortunate in the way that so many people give back to the community. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know if there's another place. If something goes wrong, there's a fundraiser or anything else. There's always so many people who are willing to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coming up this weekend. I mean, this episode won't be coming out when this event this event will have already happened. But a gentleman by the name of JD, his grandson is fighting brain cancer, and there's a phenomenal um, fundraiser at the Elks. Yeah, and I'm doing. Yeah. I know JD, and mm-hmm. um, I'm doing hats and stickers and stuff for him. You know, awesome. and it's just one of those things. You know, I mean, I think you know I'm on a board for Chris Hodges Fund and. Chris was unfortunately killed in a in an accident, and he was you know huge in the in the coaching community all you know all over the U.S. and he grew up here, and I've been helping you know with that, and it's just great to see the community and people to come back. And I also, I mean, it's unfortunate in the way that I've seen so many young people pass away, and you do shirts or swag for fundraisers. And it makes you sad at times, but you also makes you warm inside because the community is so helpful. Mm-hmm. And there's so, you know, the scholarships that people give, the everything that, you know, people are willing to, you know, give up their time for and go support people. It's just, to me, it's unreal. You know, I mean, you see so many things. It's, it's really a unique community, especially mm-hmm. when you need the community. Yeah. For sure. Um, this has been spectacular some time that we've gotten to sit down and talk and have you share um, some important aspects of your life. So in hopes that other people will um, grow from your lessons and maybe take action as well. Realize that maybe there's something that they can do to make their have their life happier is also. If people want to reach out to you, what's the best way that they could reach out to you? They could, you know, they could email me. That would be great. Yeah. What's that? It's Tormac, uh-huh. T-O-R-M-A-C-K at Quest Office 
quest.net and that's quest qw you know like the old phone company uh-huh. so it's qwest okay. office.net why did you name your company tormac it's my kids names yeah so my daughter's name is tori and my son's name is mckenzie all right so i just i as i was looking for names i was done with high country high mountain mm-hmm. grand teton jackson you Hall. know just anything and i just kind of wanted something different in hindsight, you know, it's probably easier for people to find you when you use a name <laughs> that's like, they're like, what is a Tormac, you know, yeah. but that's my kids' names. And at the time, my business partner didn't have any children. So mm-hmm. we decided that, you know, we'd do Tormac. And uh, that's the reason I went out on my own, you know, was to have a, a different life, you know, and I that was mashing them together, trying to find a way that it made a word that made sense. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's awesome. So, any last words of thought, wisdom, or action that you feel you want to share with people? Just that, you know, I mean, I've probably the best book I've written is John Wooden's book. And, you know, he always said... What's the, name? What's the title of the book? Oh, boy, I got that one written down for you. Um, it's a lifetime of observations and reflections on and off the court is the name of the book. And he's got a lot of good quotes in there and like life lessons, you know. And one of his quotes in there is that don't get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. Yeah. Well and said. That to me has resonated for years and years. Mm-hmm. So, and I, you know, I try to live by it, you know, when I had so much anxiety, I, I worked and worked and worked and worked. And that's what my dad did, mm-hmm. you know, to, to survive in this town, to, he just worked and worked. And that to me really says something, you know, if you, if you're, so busy making a living you forget to make a life then sometimes mm-hmm. it's just too late you yeah. know who introduced that book to you um i don't i just grabbed it one day okay um i always liked john wooden and i had seen some of his quotes and everything else and i you know you it might and sean shockley coached my kids and he was always you know sending them quotes and everything else that they would take home like mind gym and stuff and but i don't I, that one i think i just grabbed but cool well we'll put um that in the show notes so people can look for it and reference it and maybe they'll go to their local bookstore and, and grab a copy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a great book. It's it's a good read. It's easy read. Cool. <laughs> I like easy reads. Yes. Yeah, it is. I it's like a, easy it's a quick one. Yeah. Shane, thank you for sharing your life with myself and everybody listening today. Um, it's very brave and powerful. And um, I hope that more people can follow your lead and, and share what's going on in their life as well. So appreciate it. I appreciate being here. Thanks, Stefan. Yeah. It's been great. Have a good day. You too. To learn more about Shane and his personal intimate story, please visit the jacksonholeconnection.com episode number 80. My request from you today is for you to share this episode with friends and family. We need to hear a lot of great stuff nowadays. I could not create this podcast without the support of my wife, Laura, my editor, Michael Morey, my musical director, Luke Taylor, and my marketing guru, Tana Hoffman. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you back here for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection. And remember, wash your hands, be positive, think positively, and only share factual information. Thank you all, and see you back next week.